Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, where it's all about helping you navigate to a better financial future. Your hosts, Jeff Green and Lauren Smith, explore topics that cover your finances, retirement, legacy, and how to live your life to the fullest. Whether you are an oil and gas professional or someone who has built an executive career in another industry, come join Jeff and Lauren in the Green Zone. The dream of retirement has probably been sitting in the back of your mind for years. You've made sure to save for it. That's great. But have you done any research and planning about how to avoid some common retirement mistakes? Well, Jeff Green and Lauren Smith have a list of things you might want to consider. Hey, guys, it's good to be talking to you again. Well, hello, Patrice. Well, hello. How's it going? It goes. It's hot here in New Jersey. How about down there? Oh, no, it's still cool here. Yeah, like what? I actually think today, before we started recording, Patrice and I were talking about weather, and I think today it's actually a little cooler here than it is there. No way. (laughs) I think so. I mean, it cooled down to like 95. (gasps) It's 87 today, Jeff. Is it really? Yeah, but it feels like 96. Wow. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. So number one thing to avoid in retirement is bad weather. Go for it. Texas retirement. (laughs) We have a few clients that retire and then spend half half the year in like Utah and California and all these great places. Colorado. I believe and every it. time we talk to them, they say, you know, how's the Texas heat? We're <laughs> skiing in the mountains. Like, it sounds nice. Well, what else should people be thinking about? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked, Patrice, because there's there's several out there, uh, you know, mistakes people make in retirement. And I think a lot of the mistakes, you know, we, we call them do-it-yourselfers, people that want to go out there and um, just kind of manage their money. Uh, this uh, this isn't one of the, the things, but I think that is a huge mistake to do. And the, the reason I think managing your own money is a mistake is because you are so emotionally tied mm. to your money. There's two things that people love most in life. That's money and family, right? And family and money. I mean, sometimes the order changes, <laughs> the order changes from time to time. Uh, but um, but you have an emotional attachment to that, and, and, it, and, it, and that can lead to... Um, disastrous mistakes uh one of them being you know a lot a lot lot of advisors say oh you need to take a more conservative investment posture we would agree with that uh however we approach it i think a little bit differently because we have what we call an income bucket and a a growth bucket a growth bucket and income bucket so our growth bucket our income bucket is our conservative approach but we still have to grow our assets, right? Because we have to replace that money that we're spending over time. And so our income bucket, the way we do it anyway, uh, we have about five years worth of income. So if you need $100,000 a year in income, you'll have $500,000 in your income bucket. Invest very, very conservatively. Not looking to, you know, light the world on fire there, but make sure we got (laughs) safe money. We're good for five years of income. Our clients can sleep at night. And then over here in our growth bucket, we all know the market's kind of wacky, right? Does all kinds of crazy things, mm-hmm. but it does grow over time. And so we keep, you know, we got five years of income, which means we got five years to let our growth bucket do what it needs to do. So, And one of the things that I love about the income bucket is if the market's down, let's say, you still need your retirement paycheck every month. Mm-hmm. So instead of having to liquidate at a time when you're having to sell yeah. at lower prices, you've got this income bucket that you know has five years of income. So- the market could tank tomorrow, right. but your income bucket is in a different kind of conservative mm-hmm. allocation mm-hmm. that won't go down as drastically. So it's just safer money. Yeah. I mean, by the way, 
we came up with the income bucket in 2008 when the market did ah. tank, right? So it was, <laughs> it was the reason that we, we had implemented this strategy uh, because 2008 was a, kind of the defining year. I mean, we, you know, if you look back at the worst market environment uh, in our memories, right, it's 2008. And it took, how long do you think it took to recover, Patrice? Take a wild guess. Oh, I, at least five years. Five years. Ding, 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 ding. Hence, five years worth of it. I mean, it's not, it's not a number we just <laughs> pulled out of thin air. And also, just an aside, and this won't mean much to anybody out there, but it means something to me and Lauren. Probably not Lauren that much, but it does to me. But any f rolling five-year period that you look at in the market, say the S&P 500, I don't, I don't know what the exact number is, but it's above 95% probability that or it has 95 percent of the time produced positive returns mm -hmm. at, at least i think the numbers are actually even a little higher but uh i i can't quote an exact number but i do know it's higher than 95 percent. so you have a very very good probabilities of achieving positive returns over a five-year period being invested in the market so it's not you know it is with thought that the five-year number is there not just an arbitrary, gotcha. It's not just an arbitrary. We didn't just pull it out of thin air. <laughs> no, we didn't. Excuse me. Um, so our next, uh, the next uh, mistake, and this is a big one. So this is a big one, and it's a tough, it's a tough discussion because it's different for everybody. So social security. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it could make or break your retirement, but it can have a big impact on yes. your retirement. So a lot of factors to consider, and what works right for one one couple one person is not always the best thing for others but there's something there's things to consider so when you take it early you are taking a discounted rate right if you wait right. till 70 you are getting a higher annual rate so one thing to think about is longevity in your family do you have do you have a history of longer life expectancies do you expect to live 100 105 90s if so maybe taking it later is a better option. If you have a shorter life expectancy, maybe taking it earlier, because typically the break even point where taking it earlier catches up to taking it later is in the eighties. Yeah. So that's oh, something. Is, that, is it mid to upper eighties? It's mid kind of 83 to 86 ish, okay. depending huh. on right. the situation. Um, another thing to think about is, are you going to continue working? If there's any opportunity that you might, any option of potentially working and earning more income in retirement, you're going to want to think about delaying until at least full retirement age, because if you're earning income and taking Social Security before your full retirement age, you could have to you might have to give a portion of that back. So, you know, another factor. And I think with Social Security. People just rush into it. Oh, you know what? I'm going to take it early and that's that or I'm going to take right. it late because I get more and that's that. And I, the important thing with Social Security is just to have a plan, have a strategy, look at all of the different factors that go into it what other assets you have. Another argument for taking it early is if you're, let's say your social security pays you $20,000 a year. If you start that at 62, that's $20,000 a year. You are not taking out of your IRA. Hmm. So now you're, or you're after whatever account you mm -hmm. have. Right. You're not, you're not killing the goose that's laying the gold. You're not depleting you. your right. assets. Right. So, I mean, that's a plus for taking it earlier, but there's also trade-offs. You're getting a, you're locking in a lower amount. So my point with social security is it is very complex. And I think it can be a retirement trap for people if they don't put in the proper planning and thought into making yeah, decisions. Exactly. You, know, you and I have gone to uh, listen to a lot of um, 
quote unquote social security experts. And if this were TV, you'd see me rolling my eyes right now um, because these people are not experts. Um, I will say this. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to rephrase that. They are, they know a lot about social security, right? And they can answer a lot of questions that you have about right off the top of their head. So in that case, in that regard, I'm going to give them their expertise there because they do know a lot about social security, but every one of them will tell you, wait till full benefit age, regardless of your situation, it's an automatic. And that's, I, I believe that to be incorrect. I think it's a case-by-case basis, and I think you made a great case for why it's a case-by-case basis. Um, so these these experts, I mean, if you want to go learn about Social Security, great. Go learn about Social Security from one of these people, but do not I, – I would, I would be cautious about listening to them as to when you should – because they don't – they don't, they look, we always say this. What does this mean? Like when they look at it in a vacuum, I right? still don't understand what that means, but <laughs> you say mean? it all the time. Are they in a vacuum? Like, yeah, I don't, Uber? What is it? I don't, I don't get it, they? but I get what you're saying. <laughs> right. So they don't take into account your whole situation. Right. 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 And, and in fact, it leads into the next one about cash flow, right? Where do you get your cash flow? So all of these considerations have to be considered, right? Uh, when, when planning your retirement. Yeah. And, and one, one other thing, oh, one other ahead. thing I'll say with social security is, you know, when I first started in this industry and I started getting into planning, I was looking for the answer. What is the answer to Social Security? Right. Every client asks, do we take it early? Do we take yeah. it late? So I thought there's an answer. And so I'd listen to this expert and they'd say, take it late. And I'd listen to this expert. and They'd say, take it early. And I was getting so frustrated because there were all these conflicting answers. And then after working with enough clients and seeing the planning actually play out, it's what you just said. It is a case by case basis, hands down. If someone just blindly tells you this is the way to go, find someone right. else to listen to because yeah. it really depends on your situation. There's an emotional component too. So oh yeah, You're, that's, a lot of stuff. A lot yeah. of stuff to take into consideration with Social Security. Yeah. And once you make that decision, there is only isn't there a very small window where you can say maybe I didn't make the right decision and I want to change it. You have about a year after you start taking your Social Security to change your mind. That involves repaying all of the benefits that you've been paid. So it can be somewhat of an expensive mistake to correct if you've already spent that money. Ooh, yeah. But you do have a little bit of wiggle room. You know, if you start in January and then by November you're you're deciding, oh shoot, that was a mistake. You're gonna have to pay back January through November. Ooh, and right. kind of cancel it out and that's you know and we've had we've had clients do that i think i made my mom do that <laughs> <laughs> i think she called me one day and said oh we started social security and i said like, why what? did you do that <laughs> why didn't you tell me oh well we were 66 i thought it was time no absolutely not <laughs> yes. that's still working yes. what are you doing <laughs> so she's like well should we give it back i said absolutely <laughs> So they're about to turn 70 now and they're like, is it okay if we take it now? But like, you know what? We're good. We're good now. So you become the parent. I have yeah, on that matter. Okay. Uh, so another, uh, I think a trap that people can fall into is implementing the right distribution strategy. So in other words, how, how am I, how am I going to replace that company paycheck for the rest of my life? Where is it going? Where's the money going to come from? And right. I think this is something that people don't necessarily even think about. Sometimes it's right. easy to say, oh, I need $5,000 a month. I have a checking account. It's got this money in it. Let's just pull it out of it. You're not even, there's no strategy to what you're Well, doing. because they've spent 35, 40 years of their working lives, not 
having to think about mm -hmm. it, right? So it just it, comes it to you. It just comes to you and uh, lands in your bank account magically, right? Every week or every two, whatever it is, every two weeks. As, but now it's now it's different. And, you know, again, we go through a ton of analysis here to come up with a proper cash flow strategy. So let's hit this at a high level because it's different for everybody and it can get it can get a little nebulous at times. Uh, but you've got I mean, there's your there's your IRA. Right. And then maybe a Roth IRA. Maybe you got a pension. Maybe it pays a lump sum. Maybe it pays, you know, on a, a monthly basis. Right. Um, and then you've got maybe after tax money. So we might just sitting in a, an account or a broker's an account, individual account, individual a joint account, account, a checking account, right. any type of account. Right. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, where am I pulling my money from? Right. And what's the, should I pull it from here first or so from here first? And really the answer again, very individual depends on, are you, you know, we got a lot of people that form an LLC, go back and consult. Right. So now they've got earnings. And so am I pulling from my IRA? Am I pulling from my Roth? Am I pulling it? And a lot of it depends. Do you want to leave assets behind? Maybe we, maybe we don't pull from the Roth. You have to wait five years to get the tax advantage strategy, you know, status with Roth anyway. Um, and then you've got RMDs. There's different tax implications on every different bucket right, you might. Right. So that's something to consider. And, you know, you've paid taxes now for years, right? While you're working every year, you're paying taxes. So we've seen some people that say, well, now that we're retired, we're going to take from this brokerage account because then we're not paying income tax every right. year. Okay, great. That's awesome. That'll hold you over a few years. But what you're not doing is tapping into your IRA, which could be a, which could be a combination of a lump sum pension that rolled into an IRA, a 401k, all of your qualified assets. So by not touching those qualified assets, you're giving them time to grow. And a problem that can arise is once required minimum distribution time uh, comes yes. at 73, it, it's changed to 73 now, it's going to go up to 75 and I think 2033. But once that time comes, now you've let these assets grow. Which sounds you, great. It sounds great, right? <laughs> oh, awesome. I've got all this right. money in an IRA. But you're going to turn 73 and then the IRS is going to say, hey, Jeff, you need to pay us $500,000 a year. Right. And you're yeah. going to say, but I only need 100. And they're going to say, well, that's too bad. Not pay us. Take out. Take out. Yeah, right. take out. And, yeah, take out. Yes, I misspoke. Yeah. You're going to pay taxes on 500, the 500000 right. that you have to take out of your IRA. Right. So I, so it's like a Rubik's Cube, right? So you have it, it, all of these things, the Social Security, you know, the, they were talking about, it, it's, it's finding the right combination, the right balance. We call it. You know the the cheapest cost of capital, the most efficient cost of capital, and that capital is your paycheck, right? So we want to, or in retirement, you really need to determine what the most efficient cost of capital is. So you don't want to save it up inside the IRA. Sounds like a great idea, and it is a great idea. However, come you know RMD time, required minimum distribution time, right? It, it, like Lauren said, if you only need a hundred thousand, the government's telling you you need to take five hundred thousand out then you you haven't managed that IRA properly in the in the in the times that you had mm -hmm. right so there's strategies that we can maybe take out 150,000 in these early years and you're only paying taxes on a little bit more than you need but now you've significantly reduced this 500,000 to a manageable 200,000 right so there's a lot of strategy that can be done there and then the other thing to consider with IRAs you know, people think that that could be a great way to leave money behind to heirs, but beneficiary distribution rules have changed over the last few years. 
So in the past, if you left your IRA to your child, let's say an 85-year-old passes away and leaves their money to their 55-year-old child, they used to be able to spread the required minimum distributions of that IRA out across the 55-year-old's lifespan. So, you know, starting in year one, the 55-year-old might have to take $10,000, you know, Mm -hmm. a smaller, more manageable amount. Now that beneficiary has 10 years to basically take out all of that IRA and pay taxes. You could take it all in year one, all in year 10, a combination of the years, but they are going to make you take that out in 10 years and pay taxes on it. Government lost their money. Yeah. So if you have a higher earning child or, um, you know, someone that's in a high tax bracket, yeah, you're not doing them any favors. That's going to add to their, (laughs) their tax bracket. Yeah. Wow. Add to their tax burden. Uh, yeah. So, you know, then that becomes a question of another mistake, spending too little or spending too much. Right. So, um, and this was this one's kind of tricky too. And again, I'm going to speak kind of at a high level because it's different for everybody. And most when 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 most retirement plans are being done, it's kind of a linear thing, right? So I'm going to st- I need X amount of dollars. I may inflate it by two and a half percent a year, whatever the case may be. And it's kind of a linear thing. And and it really has you at like by the time you're like 85 years old taking the most money you've ever had in your life you know, out at that, right? So um, there's an argument, I will say. We I call it front-end loading retirement, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that means enjoy your retirement while you can. Um, God, you know, God help us all live to, you know, as, as far in life as we possibly can. But at some point, we are going to slow down. And and usually in retirement plans, it has these high incomes at these later ages of life, 85, 90, when, no, we're probably not going to travel the world at 90. We're not going to take that world cruise at age 90. I hope I hope we can, but the likelihood of that is you may want to slow down or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of times, sometimes in the right cases, we would encourage people to, hey, you know what? I'm not, we're not telling you to overspend in any way shape or form by in fact the best retirement plan i can ever offer anybody is don't stop working that's the best retirement plan out there right so just just keep working but we're gonna stop working so there is a case to be made and and for some people to maybe spend a little more in the earlier years and a little less in the later years when you don't really need it so that's really the whole point there but the, again, there is a fine line. Let's in a normal kind of distribution world, there's a fine line, like we we're just what we're talking about. With it, if you don't take enough out of the IRA between 59 and a half mm-hmm, and right. 73, right? When you can control your IRA, that's the only years you really can control your IRA. If you're not taking enough out of there, then all you're doing is saving up for the tax man. And it doesn't, if you take it out, it doesn't mean you have to spend it. You can always invest outside. A lot of people, you know, confused like, oh, if I'm taking it out, I got to spend it. Well, no, you don't have to spend it, but you should, maybe you should take a little more out each year. Keep yourself in a certain bracket so that later on when the government is mandating you take these distributions out, it doesn't cause bracket creep and force you up in a bracket that you don't need to be in. Got it. Got it. That's a good plan. Yeah. Well, you know, I just thought of it. <laughs> I think another thing on that point also is to make sure you're planning for possibly living longer than you might expect. Well, so you're throwing you know around. I heard on the radio. I, 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 tell I, me. I can't remember the exact 
wording of this. So this is a little off, but like a five-year-old today uh, is likely to live to like 95, 90, 95, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't believe know but it. that's like the, that's like the, the, the average life expectancy. I'm going to live till 95 something or hundred. Oh no, you're a little older than five. I know, but I'm, I've still got it in me. <laughs> Yeah, but you're like I take I all mean, the vitamins. I do all the things. I'm gonna I'm going for 105. By the way, she gives me like all these pills that she calls vitamins, but I, honestly, I think she's just trying to kill me. I, don't I mean, know. I try, but it's not it's not working. So <laughs> not working. I seem to be feeling better. I know. I don't know I what know. the deal is. I feel great. But back to my point, um, you know, we've had some clients that come in and say, "My parents passed away early. I want to plan to live." to 80, maybe 75 or 80. And I think it's good to be aware of that. And that can affect things like social security. And that should have a stronger bearing on a decision like Mm -hmm. social security, but don't ever plan on an unknown. I like to make it more conservative. And I say, you know what, if you feel that way, what if we push it out to 85 or 90, just to give us a few years? What if medical technology (laughs) advances and they're able to give you a Bionic body, who knows? What if your will doesn't mature when you think it's going to mature? <laughs> exactly. I mean, but it is very important to make sure you're planning for the long run. Even though the long run might not be on your radar, you definitely, the worst thing that could happen is you say, no, I'm going to die at 80. I want to spend my last dollar at 79 and 12 months and 30 days. And then you live till 90 and Surprise. you Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very important to like, you know, think about that and take that into consideration. We used to have a uh, a client who was worried about ha- having to eat cat food. <laughs> you always you always uh, use cat food as ex- as an example. Well, that was because that's what this person used. I don't want Jeff. I don't want to eat cat food in retirement. You should see the stuff I feed my cat, though. People would be <laughs> they'd be lucky to have that. <laughs> that cat gets a gourmet meal. Well, your dog eats better than I do. I know. I mean, fresh food, homemade. But Jeff, she gives you the, the vitamins. Patrice, we were somewhere recently. And uh, this lady was out that we were like sitting outside uh, having a bite to eat. And um, this lady was with her dog and her uh, husband, I guess. And they ordered, <laughs> she said, can I eat a steak? I want a medium rare steak. Like they had already just eaten, right? Yeah. They're like, we we bring me a medium rare steak? Like I don't she want- was no seasoning, no, no butter, steak. nothing on it. Yeah, I want no just se- a steak. And she's like, actually, you can make it rare. It's rare is good. And I was like, ugh, rare, rare. steak with so no- She ordered that for the dog. For the dog. <gasps> You're kidding. <laughs> No. And it was, it was kind of an expensive It was an expensive spot. play. Yeah. It wasn't like a. Wow. Yeah. I know. So I was all like, okay, that dog's even better than my dog. <laughs> well, think of the cholesterol issues that dog is going to have. Though. True. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean. This... <laughs> that dog's eating well. Very true. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, there are. That's many, all you got? Uh, well, I mean, there are many more mistakes out there. We could probably drone on for another I hour. I got one more. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So another thing to just be careful about in retirement. And I think this is also something to pay attention with you know, aging parents also is scams that are out there. Oh, yes. And I know we've talked about scams and fraud. Yes. But we just actually had a client deal with this. And, you know, I think we all hear about scams and we all think to ourselves, oh, I would never fall for that. Or gosh, can't believe that would happen. That seems so unrealistic. But you would be surprised the amount of people that you and I both know that fall for scams. And I mean, it's the effect that it can have on you, on your financial, on your personal, your mental, like all, mm-hmm. it can really, really yeah. play yeah. a bad part in your retirement. They could just, for the record, they got no money out of us. They didn't. They, I mean, we lock, we locked stuff down, but we were, but so we know our clients and that there is no way money leaves any account here from us without us expressly speaking to that client so that we know who we're talking to. But even if a client, if a client called us, 
and asked for something that was very out of the norm for right, them, right. that we know them on a very personal basis. We know these this client never travels and all of a sudden they want to go travel with this boyfriend they met in India. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even though they might be like, we would talk about it. Hey, let's, you know, we would mm-hmm. press more. And at the end of the day, it's their money, yes. but we would definitely try to advise and help. It's just a matter of situations. looking out for our clients. That's all. Exactly. I mean, Raise the red flags, show them. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. You know, they are the boss and if they want their money, they get their money, period, end of story. But this one client had someone contact her and she was very convinced that it was a legitimate thing. And they had her running all around the city to pull out money from different bank oh, accounts. Send very, me, and she did it. it and was she did fun. it. And when we were listening to the story, you know, I was like, that happened too? And you did it? <laughs> and you did that too? Why didn't you tell, you know, but yeah. so the point is there, are, I mean, Fake emails come through, fake text messages, oh, we ev- everything. We all get it. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. If you have a concern or a question, ask a family member, ask an advisor, ask somebody yeah. before you just decide, mm-hmm. send money, give personal information. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't do it. My I'll- mom will send me screenshots of emails she gets and just says, is this real? And I'll say, no, mom, it's not. <laughs> okay, thanks. Really hey, at least she does parent. that. I am. At least she does that, though. Her mom's great, though. She is. But sometimes she's like, I don't want to research this. This looks weird. I think it's weird. Will you tell mm-hmm. me if it's weird? And I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Delete it, block the number, and right. don't ever respond to it again. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, these are all great, great ideas. And how can listeners reach you to discuss more? Lauren, how can they get to us? So you could go to our website, www.greenfinancialgrp, short for group, dot com. You could give us a call, 713-244-3030. Email us, smoke signals, text, no, no text messages. <laughs> no, te- don't text. Oh, no text. No. Um, what else? I think that's it. That's about it. That's good. Smoke signals. Though. Yeah, smoke signals. <laughs> that's good. Messages in the sky. Well, stop listeners- by the office. Whatever. Yeah, we like people to stop by. There you go. Well, listeners, you can st- drop by the office. You can send the smoke signals. But make sure you follow this podcast, The Green Zone, to make sure you know when more is out there for you. Share the information with friends and family. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group, and a registered principal for RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 1400 Post Oak Boulevard, Suite 150, Houston, Texas, 77056, and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.